0: this thing on? Because it's getting ready to be on.
1: Hey! Hello and welcome to Bell Ringer. My name is Greg. Your guest name today is Del Reed, the co-founder of 26 Shirts and originator of the hashtag Bill's Mafia that has now come to represent the entire fandom. Throughout this episode, Del and I talk about his couple organizations, specifically 26 Shirts, the origin story of Bill's Mafia. Our new program, the Be in Buffalo Hometown Touchdown, and just broadly what it means to be a Buffalo Bills fan, both while you're here in Buffalo and if you've moved away. Thanks so much.
0: Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to chat with you.
1: So I'm sure uh, you've had to tell this story a couple thousand times, but I'm going to make you again for our audience. Um, walk us through you know, how Bills Mafia started, and I'll help set the scene. I know it was middle of the drought, and it was an 0-8 season to to start the year. So tell us, you know, I think it started with a tweet. Tell us exactly how that started, and then we'll get into where it's gone from there.
0: Yeah, so I'll try to keep this story as informative, yet abbreviated as possible, because I could go on and on about it because there's so many little details. But, yeah, so in 2010, the bill started 0-8 under Chan Gailey. It was uh, – fans were so excited for Chan Gailey – to have been hired only because he wasn't Dick Geron from the year prior, um, but they started out pretty rough that year, zero and eight, and then suddenly something clicked with the the roster, and they started to really gel together as a team. And They ended up finishing that season four and four, so four and twelve season, you know, um, not great, but the back half of the season four and four, you can't really complain. So the in that four and four stretch. There was a time when the it was a game where the Bills took the perennial, you know, playoff team, Pittsburgh Steelers, to overtime. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, during overtime, threw a bomb into the end zone. Stevie Johnson grabbed it, but not long enough for it to be a catch and fell right out of his hands. And the Steelers went on to win that game. It was a heartbreaking loss. So uh, that night, Stevie Johnson goes on Twitter and kind of questions God. And that tweet just ended up making the rounds. Um, after that, you know, and then immediately following that, because Bills fans are pretty – they they love the Bills players. And so fans were, you know, very uh, enthusiastic in their encouragement of Stevie, you know, obviously myself included, like saying things like, keep your head up, bright future ahead of you. I mean, just the week prior, he had caught three touchdowns in a comeback win against the Cincinnati Bengals. So, you know, this wasn't just uh, – a some random bench receiver on the roster. It was a, an up and coming player in the league. And, uh, so after that tweet, everybody's encouraging him and then it kind of dies down. And then the next day, Adam Schefter retweets it, which in Twitter time was like a year later, <laughs> the way that things work. <laughs> and so a few of us, uh, you know, myself, my, uh, quote unquote, bills, mafia co-founders, Bree and Leslie, and, you know, several other people, we were, uh, kind of teasing Adam. And I was, I was trying to guarantee that we weren't being nasty. There was no f bombs. It wasn't quite like Twitter is now. It was much more uh, Twitter on the whole 10, twelve years ago was a much more, uh, I guess, welcoming place on the whole. But, um, but anyways, so you know, we're joshing around with Adam Schefter a little bit because of that. Because the, the joke being that Adam Schefter is the information source in the NFL. Almost nothing hits your timeline in terms of NFL news without it first having run through. Adam Schefter's Twitter account, um, and so it was kind of funny that he was sharing something that was, you know, "quote unquote" old news at that point. So Adam uh, was—I guess he didn't find the humor in it as much as we did, <laughs> and he—he uh, <laughs> he, he ended up blocking a bunch of us, and then, uh, which is the first time to my knowledge that I have been blocked on anybody by Twitter. Um, so fast forward about six months, and on a follow Friday leading up to the NFL draft, I. You know, Follow Friday was a tradition on Twitter where you would, you know, you would suggest people that you follow to people that follow you, and so I suggested that you know the, the group of us that gotten blocked and called us the Bills Mafia, and that seems like a good place to pause at least a little bit because I mean, that's, that's a lot of words right there. But that's that's where the term came from.
1: Like, are you still
0: blocked by Adam Schefter? I am not. I am not. Uh, you know, some several of my uh, fellow fans over the years campaigned for him to unblock me. And um, so now I get to see all his uh, his informative tweets. Yeah,
1: I was gonna say you've gotten obviously some notoriety since then, so he <laughs> you might be a little bit better on his radar now. <laughs>
0: yeah, I actually did tweet at him a couple of years ago. I said, "Dude, you're blocking me. Changed my life, like literally, because the you know the whole Bills Mafia movement changed my life." Um, and you know he said something nice back, like that wasn't me. It was all you, like very complimentary or whatever. But um, so that's kind of cool. Have a little exchange with him.
1: So um, obviously, there's that tweet exchange kind of like for for those that don't know, we have a lot of people that listen to the podcast kind of across the country that are maybe interested in Buffalo, but either have never been here or, you know, moved away. I mean, what has Bill's Mafia turned into from a a joke hashtag to, you know, at least where you intercede with it? Where is it today?
0: Yeah, so um, that term took off fairly quickly so within a, a couple of i mean I, for me it was like a one-off tweet i was making a joke and that was gonna be it but it really started to like resonate um uh, among bills fans and then the you know, a few months later the the bills players discovered it and it started to really grow and at that point uh Bree, who i mentioned a few moments ago was one of my quote co-founders um i remember he sent me a direct message on twitter it's like should we do something about this you know like so i was like yeah sure let's uh as you'll see, it becomes a theme in my life. Uh, let's uh, make a t-shirt. <laughs> and so we took the Twitter bird and put a red slash on it. And uh, it just kind of like grew from there. People were buying the shirts and wearing them and um, posting pictures of themselves on social media and, and everything. And it just um, grew and grew to the, and, and even with the shirts, we we didn't want to make any, we weren't, didn't look at this as like a money-making opportunity. It was just something where we could show pride as Bill's fans. and um, that's kind of been the vibe ever since, uh, is that, you know, it's all about taking pride in your team and getting to know and lifting up other bills fans. Uh, so, I mean, you know, it's Bill's fandom is in its, in its own right, like a culture, the games are almost secondary for, for so much of, um, so many of our fans. And I mean, it's nice when they win. I'm not saying, that. I'm saying the opposite, but, um, it's just something that we can really lift each other up. So Bill's Mafia became this movement and all the proceeds from the shirts were going to Roswell park, which is where I was working at the time. Um, Not in the fundraising department. I was a computer programmer, but um, so we were supporting the uh, pediatric cancer uh, section of Roswell through our shirt sales. And then we started doing um, tailgate fundraisers. We called them tweet ups back then. Um, And back then Bill's Mafia tailgate, something completely different than what it might mean to some people now, but the whole goal for this whole uh, Bill's Mafia thing has been to lift up the community and support the community through, cause it all happened out of community, supporting Stevie Johnson and, and stuff like that. But just like using this platform that we have uh, as fans to support each other and to support the, the community in general.
1: Yeah. So you mentioned obviously, you know, pivot, what do we do with this? Make a t-shirt. Um, I'm sure that rolls pretty nicely into twenty six shirts, so tell us the origin story of that and um and then we'll get to obviously where you are today and that as well
0: yeah, so uh fast forward a couple of years at this point now it's two thousand thirteen and um we had done some you know tailgates and different like i guess product fundraisers. I think we did a cell phone case at one point for a local family. It was a tough situation, but nothing really organized and in October of 2013 somebody reached out to me asked if I would share a an online random I'm sorry an online raffle that uh, he was conducting he had won a signed Mario Williams jersey which was a big deal at the time in 2013 and he had won that from Summer Sanders who is a gold medal Olympic swimmer who's also a Bills fan and even you know as big a Bills fan as I am I'm not really into the memorabilia end of things like and some people are that's you know that's totally fine you know but that's not really my thing. But I understood the significance of this, you know, this item that he had. And so I asked him about it. I said, like, all right, so what's your story? Mate? He said he's from Olean. Um, he's living in North Carolina now. But um, I said, what's the story here? Why are you looking to unload this? And he goes on to tell me about how he won this raffle for this jersey. And he was using it to – he was selling it. You know, or he, I'm sorry, he won this, this jersey. Now he was conducting this raffle. Um, to raise money for his daughter, who was two years old at the time and had a condition called retinoblastoma, which is basically eye cancer, she had already had one eye removed, and uh, she was having chemotherapy applied directly to the other eye. So I'm reading this guy's story, and my heart's breaking. And I just thought, like, you know, what can I do to help him? And I had the idea to start selling to sell sell some shirts because we had done something recently, like just a, a month prior, we did something with Kiko Alonso based on him, who was a flash in the pan, you know, exciting player for the Bills back then. Uh, I think we did like the Legend of Kiko shirts. And it was just kind of fun to watch it happen. And we gave the money to a a local charity and and stuff. But it was just fun to watch that process happen, checking the sales every day and everything. And so I realized there's something there. And so I said, yeah, absolutely, dude. I will retweet your, your raffle. I'm happy to share it. And then next time we sell a special shirt, you know, I'll give you a a cut of the proceeds. I'll give you the proceeds.
1: I forget what the percentage is that goes towards the shirt, but I was Mm -hmm. on your website this morning. I think you're coming up on, you know, from that point to today, 1.5 million donated to charities. Is that right? It's correct. Yeah.
0: So um, it's, it's funny. So um, it's not even 26 shirts. Now it's, we do a one every week. We launch a new two week campaign every week. Um, And we do special editions and we bring back old designs. So it's like 150 four shirts and we do more than shirts We do hats and and everything um but uh yeah it's crazy and so it's for most campaigns that we do it's eight dollars for every shirt that gets sold there's there's some where we'll do we'll bring back an old design or maybe it's a really niche special edition or some of our our the other merchandise we have on the website like our mafia gear and our charge brand which is an eight percent donation but the majority of what we put out there every week is an eight dollar donation
1: i mean i've seen you like on other podcasts not wanting to take too much credit obviously as like this lead figure in the bills mafia because it is really all about the community but you know you as kind of like a, a representative of it um i mean you had like that fox thursday night football feature like what has it meant to you like are there are there moments along this journey that feel like surreal or stand out to you as, as kind of you know big moments obviously personally for you and then for your companies, your, your campaigns, all that?
0: Yeah, Greg, I, I would say the entire situation is surreal. <laughs> like there's no surreal moments. Like it's all surreal. Um, I was a web developer at Roswell. And when I started this 26 shirts idea after speaking with Scott, that was the Amber's dad who I was talking about with retinoblastoma a moment ago, I, I did not have a plan to start a business. I didn't think this was going to be something that was long-term. Um, I called it 26 shirts because I was only going to do 26 and that was going to be the end of it. Um but it just took off so quickly and it's been embraced by uh Western New York and all the Western New York expats literally all over the world uh that are connected through social media. Um it's just a huge I think it's just a, a huge it's just proof that the Buffalo as the city of good neighbors is not something that is um, just a funny or a cute little thing that they put on the signs around the city. It's really a true way of life in a lot of ways. And um, it's no surprise to me, I guess, that in retrospect that this idea took off like it did because Buffalo has such a, a giving heart um, across the, the entire region. Um, so it's, but it is very humbling. It is, it is cool to play this role. Um, I don't take it for granted. And um, in terms of surreal moments, if I can think of a couple, I mean, we did a shirt, done a few shirts over the years with Thurman Thomas. The first one we did like with him, uh, we actually went out to his house to do a photo shoot, which was kind of weird. You're like on Thurman Thomas's back porch taking pictures. <laughs> <It's> kinda, <laughs> you know, it's, dude, that's, that's crazy. And we've had the opportunity to work with all kinds of, you know, uh, Bill's legends like Jim Kelly and Andre Reid. And um, even now, you know, we work with West Herr. West her is one of our major sponsors. Um, and you know, one of their, one of the people they work with is Josh Allen. So literally just today I'm walking out of my, uh, the f- front door of my house, walking up to my car to go to work and a big West Hur truck is going down my street for whatever reason. And right there is Josh Allen on the side of the truck and he's wearing our shirt that we did with West her. It has a 26 shirts logo, like right on the, the chest. And mm-hmm that's crazy. I mean, this is the quarterback that Buffalo has been waiting for since the day Jim Kelly retired. And, you know, the fact that he is there wearing our shirts and everything is absolutely insane.
1: So obviously, um, you know, people outside of the region, I think, see um, whatever, you know, like the the table smash videos or anything like that, that, that goes viral on Twitter now. And Like that's fine. It has its place, but, um, and you alluded to it a bit, but to you, like as someone that's contributed to and, and benefited obviously so much from like Bill's fandom, Mm -hmm. what does being a fan of the bills mean to
0: you? Community, um, without a doubt, you know, family, love, community. The, The bills are the extra family member in every Western New York household. And, uh, at least it's how, it, it's how it's been in my experience. And I'm sure that I know there's families in Western New York, that don't give a rip about sports and that's totally fine. But um, among Bill's fandom, like it's something that is not just like, Oh yeah. You know, uh, and we're uh, we happen to cheer for this local team. No, it is something where it is a dyed in the wool kind of thing. I always make the joke that um, Catholic families will often have a, a framed photo of like the Pope on the wall in their home. And when I was growing up, we had a, a photo of OJ Simpson <laughs> and that, that I'm 46. So it's not like this is in the past few years. I mean, the, the photo yep. came down in 1994, but, <laughs> uh, but that was like, that's, that's just, that's, it's part of, you know, the Western New York culture. Like and even as a family member, like during the drought and everything, you don't abandon your family. You don't turn your back on your family and you have a family member that's going through hard times and it seems like he can't, he or she can't get their act together. But, um, you still love them and you're still there for them and you still spend time with them when they're around. Um, and and so that's, for me, that's the best definition of, of Bill's fandom is, is family and community.
1: Yeah. So through our, uh, be in Buffalo campaign, we're reaching out to these Bill's fans across the country. We're excited to announce actually partially on this podcast, we're doing something called the Be in Buffalo hometown touchdown this year, where, Couple winners from across the country will get a trip back to Buffalo, go see a football game, you know, airfare, hotel stay. We're marketing it in all the backers bars across the country. I know through twenty six shirts, you've sold, you know, in so many countries and continents across the globe, and obviously across the United States. Um, we were talking a few weeks ago on a different call. You know, you were telling me about a few events you've done in other cities and Bills backers bars. So. Specifically outside of Buffalo, because I think it's somewhat unique and really like anchors people to the city, still being a Bills fan elsewhere. What's your experience with Bills fans, Bills backers, bars outside of Buffalo?
0: They all serve LeBat Blue. (laughs) (laughs) That's like the the, uh, every uh, every time I've gone to a Bills backers bar, which isn't a ton, but a handful of times. Um, they're always so proud to mention that they have LeBant Blue on tap. That's, the, that's like the one. As thing. they should be. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I want to say in all seriousness, but that, that, that is serious. But um, just the, like the, that love for the team just doesn't die. And for the Western New York community. And I think it's really cool that you guys are doing a contest where Buffalo is the destination, right? Uh, so often, like people are, you see, you know, going to a tropical, you know, watching Wheel Force. Whatever You're getting, you know, all Oh, expenses paid trip to you know hawaii or whatever and then this one's like you're coming to buffalo and you're gonna watch a game and it's gonna be amazing so um i think that's i think that's really cool but um uh, yeah there's all there's so much pride like when people leave western new york because it was a job offer or because their parents got a job offer but sometimes before they were even born there's there's so much pride uh for western new york and you know Mentioned a moment ago, I'm in my forties. When I was growing up, that was not the case. It's only been in the past like I'll say fifteen, maybe twenty years, probably not even that long. Um, that this this civic pride has really taken hold again since the talking proud days in the early eighties. Um, it's really something that, you know, people are proud to be from Buffalo, as they should be.
1: Yeah. And so we'll be going, I'll be going to DC in uh early October up to have an event at a Bill's backwards bar, I should mention we're bringing some twenty six shirts with us, so that'll be super exciting. Um so we can't have you on without talking at least a little bit about the bills, maybe selfishly because um this is normally like a business leader podcast, and we out- talk about economics and all that stuff. But um, how are you feeling? This is gonna launch we're gonna put the, push this out on September seventh, so the day before uh, the opener, how do you feel about the team? Strengths, weaknesses, worries, any top level stuff?
0: Um, I, I, this is the most sacked roster the Bills have had, maybe ever. And that sounds like such a bold statement. But when you look at this defense, how they remade the defensive line this offseason, I mean, the offense, no question. Like, this, this is the, one of the best, if not the best offense in the NFL um but this defense has been remade as well there are very few weaknesses outside of cornerback um, you know we'll see how they're able to deal with Trey White's absence until he returns uh, but they've got Dane Jackson who served very well in his his stead last year um along with a a first round draft pick so um uh, who's looked at watching the preseason game the other night. like he looked great great pass defense so i don't know i mean this sounds it sounds super cocky and we want to talk about surreal. This is the, sur- <laughs> this is a surreal part is talking about the bills being as good as they are and being the preseason pick by almost every pundit to, to win it all. Um, I'm, I'm just so excited for this, this season, you know, and, you know, barring any kind of, you know, injury or anything like that, I cannot see what gets in the way for this team.
1: Another just question of personal interest. Uh, who's your favorite? Buffalo Bills player from the drought years, the drought era.
0: Try Fred Jackson, you know, um, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick is is definitely on the short list, but I think Fred Jackson is probably going to be my favorite guy. Like that just came out like that. Right. You asked me, and that was my knee jerk reaction. So I guess that's the answer, you know, uh, Fred Jackson, he was just a great example of, um, team leader. And I remember so many of us were heartbroken when he got cut in 2015. Yeah.
1: Great. Well, thank you so much for all your time and everything you obviously do for Western New York. Before I let you go, we always end on a couple hard-hitting blizzard round questions. So uh, first one, if you were a flavor of ice cream, what would you be?
0: Um, flavor of ice cream, what would I be? I guess I would probably be, I don't I don't. that's a tough question. I guess Neapolitan just because it's kind of all over the place.
1: So, okay. good choice. How about, um, what's a book or TV show that you'd recommend?
0: Okay. So this is gonna sound super nerdy. Uh, weathering Heights is one of the best books I've ever read in my life. Um, I've read so much, so many science fiction novels over the years, um, that I would always, I'd often try to break it up with classics. And then when I read through weathering Heights 16, 17 years ago, I absolutely loved it. It's great. Uh, in terms of a TV show that I'd recommend, um, any anything Marvel Disney Plus huge superhero nerd I love all of it. Okay. Do you prefer a text or a phone call? Uh, a text. Okay. Uh, hiking or skiing? Hiking.
1: This one I think is going to be easy. Bills or Sabers?
0: <laughs> it's Bills, but the Sabers are in the conversation. I do I do love the Sabers, but it's it's Bills.
1: Yeah. And then last question, most important chicken wings do you prefer drumstick or flat Flat.
0: <laughs> that's why the fastest uh, response that I came had. quick Outside yeah i, like, yeah. Flat. I mean they're, they're, they're both good they're both chicken but like flat is its own thing
1: well thank you so much really appreciate your time and obviously everything you do for for the community
0: oh awesome thank you so much for having me on go bills
1: go bills Bellringer is a podcast by Invest Buffalo Niagara, the region's nonprofit, privately funded economic development organization, bringing new jobs for our neighbors and new investment for our neighborhoods.
0: Come grow your business with us.